0: Greetings people, of by God. Welcome to worship on this the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. We as God's people here in his church are called to shine Christ's light and to share our hope and to, to show his love to a world in desperate need of those things. May God bless us in the mission that he has given to us. For our friends who are worshiping online or who are worshiping on the radio, just a reminder, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. You will find the bulletin for this service under the Resources tab, and there's options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Today, the radio broadcast on KFUO is sponsored by Nancy and Marilee Couric in loving memory of their mother and father, John and Mary Couric. Got a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Our fall senior and homebound worship service and luncheon will take place on Monday. Tomorrow, worship starts at 11 in the morning, and the lunch will follow down in the gym. Uh, There's still time to sign up and, and to come, so if you haven't done so and you want to come to worship tomorrow and have a nice lunch, sign up please at the Welcome Center so we know how much food to prepare that day. A new church year begins with the Christian season of Advent that starts on Sunday, December 3rd. Now throughout this coming church year, chapel members and friends will have opportunities to learn a little bit more about the Christ-centered seasons and festivals that we celebrate here in the church. So please join us next Sunday, November 26th, 9.30 to 10.45 down in the gym for a special Advent event. We will learn about the Advent season and how that helps prepare us for the coming of Jesus at Christmas time, but also helps us prepare for the coming of our Lord at the end of time. And, and we'll make a special Advent craft that we can use throughout the Advent season. This is an intergenerational event for the whole chapel family. Everybody is invited to come. More information about that event is in your chapel weekly today. On Saturday, December 2nd, we will be decorating the church for the Christmas season. We would love to have your help with that. If you can help, we will start around 9 in the morning and work until around noon. So if you can come anytime between 9 and 12 noon on December 2nd, that would be appreciated. Please mark your calendar for the, uh, the date and the time for our annual Congregational Voters' Meeting. That will take place on Monday, December 4th. That meeting starts at 6.30 p.m. So please mark that down and plan to attend the annual Voters' Meeting. All members of Chapel are invited and encouraged to attend that important meeting. Our elder for this week, this weekend, is Jerry Bowen. Jerry is, is right in the back there waving his hand. He's gonna greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Jerry as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. And God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
1: Yeah.
2: The Old Testament reading is from the first chapter of Zephaniah. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated those he has invited. On the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the princes and the king's sons and all those clad in foreign clothes. On that day, I will punish all who avoid stepping on the threshold, who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. On that day, declares the Lord, a cry will go up from the fish gate, wailing from the new quarter, a loud crash from the hills. Wail, you who live in the market district. All, you, all your merchants will be wiped out. All who trade with silver will be ruined. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on its dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing. Either good or bad. Their wealth will be plundered, their houses demolished. They will build houses but not live in them. They will plant vineyards but not drink the wine. The great day of the Lord is near, near and coming quickly. Listen, the cry on the day of the Lord will be bitter the shouting of the warrior there that day will be a day of wrath a day of distress and anguish a day of trouble and ruin a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and blackness a day of trumpet and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the corner towers this is the word of the lord Thanks. Thanks be God. <laughs> The epistle is from the fifth chapter of First Thessalonians. Now brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day should not, should surprise so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, Let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This is the word of the Lord.
3: And Jesus Please rise and The Holy Gospel, according to Saint Matthew, the twenty-fifth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the man with two talents gained two more. But the man who received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you are a, I know you, that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
1: Good morning, boys and girls. Hey, you may have a seat right here. Wow, that was excellent. Thank you for singing. Thank you for singing. You know, whenever somebody does something nice for you, uh, gives you a gift or treats you a special way, it's good to say that, isn't it? Thank you. So I'd like to just recognize uh, Mr. Meyer and Mrs. Meyer and Mrs. Lesh and Mrs. Virginins. Let's practice this. I want you to say thank you to them, but say this. Thank you for teaching us about God. Can you do that? Thank you for teaching us about God. What great things God has done for us. You know, if someone does something great for you, you say thank you, but to really let them know how appreciative you are, you can do something else. You know what that is? Yeah, you can send them a thank you card. How many of you have ever written a thank you card? Maybe to grandma or grandpa? Yes. You did? That's a good thing to do. How many of you ever received a thank you note from somebody? That's pretty impressive. When someone takes the time to say thank you and write a card, wow, they must really mean they're thankful. You know, there's one other way we can do this too. If someone invites you to a party, or compliment your dress you can return the favor invite them back to your party or compliment them on their shoes you know with Thanksgiving just a couple days away it's a special time for us to thank our God for all of his gifts we can see them we can say thank you we can send our words but our actions are louder did you know there's something called thanks living did you know that Thanks living is when you see the gifts, you say thank you. Maybe you send a card, but you show it by the way you treat other people. And that's what you did today. You show your thankfulness to God by saying thank you, God, for loving us. Yes? It's almost Valentine's Day also, yeah, for sure. Another time we, we have a lot of good love. So with all of those things about thanks living, what are you going to do for this Thursday to tell your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, or whoever's coming over, thank you? You'll see what they do. You'll say something about it. Maybe you'll send a thank you note. But you'll help out by sharing the time God has given to you too, right? All right, so let's close with a little prayer here. Repeat after me. Dear God, we are so thankful Help us to be thankful living, especially for Jesus, our greatest gift. Amen. All right. Look forward to hearing you sing again sometime soon. You may return to your seats. Thank you.
0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The simple story, if you re- think back to that gospel reading, the parable of the talents, it's a simple story. It happened when Jesus and the crowds were on the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. And the disciples and all that were there, they had, they had witnessed many things. They had seen the miracles of Jesus. They had, they had heard his word, how sin was attacked, and forgiveness and salvation were promised, and, the, and, and those miracles they were incredible. I mean, the blind were seeing, and the, the deaf were hearing, the dead were being raised to life. I mean, there's this great excitement in the crowd when they see all of this, when they hear all of this. Of course, the, the detractors were there too. You know, they were always were, were finding a place in the crowd criticizing and, and finding fault and accusing the savior and confronting him at every, every turn and belittling him for hanging out with the sinners. But despite the detractors, there was a, a great excitement there because they thought, well, maybe this is the time. Maybe, maybe now Jesus will take over. Maybe he'll be king, in fact. Maybe he'll get rid of the Romans and their oppressive rule. Maybe he's the one finally to bring about our freedom, to bring about peace in our nation. We'll just go up to Jerusalem with him and wait to see what happens. But Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen to Jerusalem. He knew the cross was in Jerusalem. He knew all about Good Friday. He knew all about the Father's plan, that he must suffer he must die to pay the price for the sin of the world. He also knew that it was time to say something to the disciples about the future. He wanted them to know that everyone has a place in the kingdom, that that everybody has a kingdom assignment, and that everyone will be called to give an account for how they use the gifts that were given to them. And so Luke says in his sharing of the gospel, he says, because they were near Jerusalem and because because the people thought the kingdom of God would come immediately, Jesus told them this story. A certain man was going away for a while, and he decided to give to his servants a sum of money while he was gone. And he entrusted one of them five talents, another one two talents, and the third one he he gave one talent. It was all kind of a surprise, I'm sure. I mean, these servants receiving that kind of opportunity. Because although that doesn't sound like a whole lot, I mean, just a few talents, that was actually an incredible amount of money. Each talent was equivalent to 6,000 days of wages, which, if you did the math, is over 16 years of wages. Multiply that by eight talents, you've got a very, very large amount of money entrusted to these servants, hundreds of thousands of dollars. On his return, the man called those servants together to review what they had done with that money. The first one says, Sir, I invested your five talents. Here, Here are five more. Oh, well done, good and faithful servant. I've got more for you to do. I'm really very well pleased. Second servant appears. Sir, I invested your two talents. Here are two more talents. Ah, well done, good and faithful servant. I have more for you to do too. I'm really very well pleased. Then that third servant comes to see the master. It's really kind of pathetic. There's there's no gleam in his eye. There's no excitement in his voice. Sir, he says, I I wanted to bring you that talent that you gave to me. I valued it. I saved it. I was very, very careful with it. In fact, I buried it in the ground because I didn't want anything to happen to it. See, sir, to tell you the truth, I was afraid of you. You can be a pretty hard man, you know. You don't put up with any messing around. So I didn't want to be responsible for this. I just couldn't risk it. So anyway, here it is, just like you gave it to me. And then you listen to the master's reaction to that. How is it that you thought I was a hard man and yet you di- deliberately disobeyed me? If, if I was such a hard man, wouldn't you at least tried to invest my talent? You could have taken it to the bank and at least gotten a, a little bit of return on investment. And then it's judgment time. I give you one talent to invest and I ask you to do something with it. I go away for a little while And you, don't do a thing. You give me all these excuses. You say you're afraid. You even blame me for your laziness. You wicked servant. Out of my sight. And take the talent away from him and give it to someone who's going to do something with it. Now, Jesus didn't explain in detail what this whole story meant. I don't think he needed to. (laughs) It was clear to his disciples who heard it, I think it's clear to us. Now, the the kingdom of God might come tomorrow or it, it might come in a thousand years. We have no idea. But until that day, we don't just sit down and do nothing, wait for things to happen. No, God says, use your time wisely. And I give you these gifts, the Lord says, and I want you to share those gifts that I have given. And be assured that he will see you when he returns, the Master is coming back. It's a fact. It, it's it's a promise. Now you heard that in all three of our readings today. Well, I'm sure there are some hope that he won't come back, or or hope that he'll wait a little while yet. But he will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He owns it all. He rules over it all. He will return one day to put everything under his feet. He will return to reign forever and ever to be sure the master is coming back. That story makes that very clear and he makes it clear that we should use those gifts that he has entrusted to us to his glory. I love the story that Christian author Tony Campolo tells about when he was invited to a, a women's conference where he was the featured speaker. And before he got up to speak, the chairman, she read a letter to the conference. It was a letter from a missionary in Venezuela and the missionary was pleading for financial support of $5,000 to expand the hospital where she worked because she had so many patients but they had nowhere to put them. They didn't have enough room. And after she read the letter, she said, Reverend Campolo, would you please lead us in prayer that the Lord would provide for our sister in Venezuela? And Tony Campolo looked at her and said, no, I won't. We don't need to pray. Everything is already given and it's right here in this room. She needs $5,000. And Capolo reached into his pocket and he pulled out the money that he had, he had that day, $2.25. He said, this is everything I brought with me and he took it and he walked it over to the altar and he put that $2.25 on the altar. Then he said, "Madam Chairman, I I challenge you to do the exact same thing. Any money that you brought with you today, I challenge you to put that on the altar." Well, the chairperson had $110 with her, and I think she was a little gruff. He said, but she walked it over to the altar and she put it there. And then he said, "I invite the rest of you to come forward, all of you, whether you whatever you have with you, please come and place that on the altar." And he looked at somebody in the front row and said, "And you will start." (laughs) And she came up, as did many others, and Campolo writes that at the end they didn't have $5,000. They had $7,000. And he knows that there was probably a, a few more dollars there because he got some dirty looks from some people who were not too thrilled with that process. But he concludes by saying this. He says, How arrogant of us to say that we'll pray to God that he might support that ministry when he's already given what is needed. Now. I don't think I'd ever try that out here at Chapel of the Cross. But the point, I think, is a good one. God has already given his gifts to his people. Already given his gifts to you. Great gifts, abundant gifts, gifts that he calls us to share. The master's away for a time. But in the meantime... Before he returns, he keeps on giving those gifts to his people, to his servants, to his stewards. They are gifts of grace. Not all receive the same gifts. and Not all receive the same amount. Not all have the same opportunities to develop those gifts. But the master is very, very gracious because everyone receives something from the master. I mean, think just a minute about the gifts that he has given to you. Your faith in Jesus is a gift. Your baptism, where he he comes to you, he calls you his child, makes you part of his family, forgives all of your sins, where he's promised his presence and even eternal life. What a marvelous gift that is! What a blessing. He gives you the gospel message as a gift. What a wonderful message. Jesus came into this world for you. He died for your sins on the cross. He rose again to give you eternal life. That's a gift. He gives you his body and blood and that bread and wine at the table at Holy Communion. (laughs) Boy, what a gift that is. Christ himself comes to you at this altar here, and he touches you with his mercy and with his love, with his care, with his forgiveness. And he says, Here, take my gift. I want to give it to you. It's free. Gift after gift, blessing upon blessing he gives to us. And then we think about all the material blessings, all the material gifts he gives. I mean, wow, we are, we are five talent people. If you're a regular giver here at Chapel of the Cross, you will receive a letter this week asking you to think about those blessings from God and then to prayerfully consider increasing your giving next year and then to share a special thank offering above and beyond your regular giving. From the abundance of material gifts that God has given, we are asked to give back to him just a portion of what he gives. And why? Because he invites you and me to use those gifts that he gives to his glory and for his people. If your gift is leadership or knowledge or having the blessing of wealth or having the ability to teach or having the ability to be a fine Christian witness or to be a Christian example, he wants to see those gifts in use, not not buried somewhere in the ground. Savior's blessed us. He's graced us. Given gift beyond measure. Gifts to be used for his glory. Gifts to be used for his people. And he asks us to take those gifts and use them. It is a privilege to do it. It is a joy to be his good steward. And it is a thrill to serve him as we await his return. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as together we speak our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. You'll find that on page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
3: Creator God, we praise you. Your goodness, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In these last days, show us love, mercy, and peace. Renew our lives in you, O God that we would show others your love in all we do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, the day of Jesus' return is drawing near. Give us patience and faith as we await his return. Embolden us to serve our neighbors and never grow weary of doing good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, as you want all to have an opportunity to turn to you. Stir us to greater passion to share with others who you are and what you have done in our world and in our lives. We ask that you bless us with abundant opportunities to share your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Fill the homes of your people with your spirit and his gifts, that we may serve one another, as Christ has served us, forgiving each other as he has forgiven us, and encouraging one another to be faithfulness and good works that glorify you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we ask that you strengthen the lonely, the sick, the needy, the heartbroken, and the hurting among us. We especially remember this day those who need your healing touch, including Glenda Tubbs, Gary Crane, and Steve Seibert, as he has surgery this coming week. Gracious Lord, give them and us hope in your coming and the internal joy that will be ours in your presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, Grant your love and comfort to those who mourn the loss of loved ones. Today, we especially remember the family and loved ones of Mary Kuntz, who died in the Lord on Wednesday, and the family and loved ones of Nelson Thomas, who died in the Lord. Give them the peace only you can give, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, sustain the weary with rest and hope. Surround the poor and needy with people and resources to relieve their burden and open our hearts to the generosity of life and speech. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated as we gather our offerings to the Lord.
4: my voice and let me sing Always only for my King Take my heart Here I am, all for me. Take my life, it's all for Thee.
3: Please rise as you are able for prayer. Almighty God, We thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and to do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please remain standing for our closing hymn.